Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. <laughs> The punctuality itself. Has everything proceeded according to schedule? Indeed it has. Number 10, Mirand Moriarty, with brackish cigar case at midnight exactly. Perfect. With one exception. A trifling one, perhaps. But I simply do not happen to be Colonel Moran. Sherlock Holmes. At your service. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week, we'll be journeying back in time to solve the crime of the century and the century after. So, so we're told. Uh, there'll be disguises, surprises, and a taste of real American life in 1901, seen through the eyes of a simple idiot. Yes, <laughs> it's Sherlock Holmes in New York. And joining me to don a deerstalker, grow some sideburns, and catch a cab is historian and host of the excellent Faces of Fascism podcast, Stephen Graham. Hello, John. Hello. Hello. It's lovely to have you back on. Ah, yes, it's tremendous to be on, as always. We haven't spoken since um, that when we were Lions, whatever it was called. Uh, when Lions Lord. Roared. When Lions Roared, was that what it was called? Yes. Uh, the the sort of six-hour uh, epic... I mean, it would be a great lockdown viewing, actually, if you it think about actually. it. Yeah. Um, if you've got nothing to do, nowhere to go, and you don't mind being bored out your mind. <laughs> but, hey, we've got something a lot shorter to watch today. A lot shorter, and better. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's an interesting experiment. It was like you know when people say, if you put a hat, it would be interesting if you put a hat on a dog. That'd look quite funny, wouldn't it? It'd be like, what if Roger Moore was Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> what would happen? It's it's one of those brilliant stories of Roger's loose approach to uh, filmmaking. That mm. they did, they did approach him to make it some time prior, mm. and he wasn't interested. He didn't fancy playing Sherlock Holmes. Uh, then he realised that he'd have a lot more dialogue than he did as either Bond or the Saint. Mm. Um, there was a big gap, which you might be able to tell us about this. There was mm. a big gap between Golden Gun 
and Spy Who Loved Me. Yes. And this came between those. Yes. And um, it was also being shot entirely in L.A., Mm. where he happened to be living at the time. So it was it was it was just something that was convenient for him to do. Mm. I wonder if the gap was him going to do, make films like Gold and um, Shout of the Devil and things like that. Where he was, I think they were in Africa or South Africa. Oh yeah, maybe he was just out there doing those. I don't know. Uh, no, because I was wondered the reason for because the the gap between Golden Gun and Spy Who Loved Me is longer than had been previously. Not like now, where we have about twelve years between mm. a Daniel Craig film. But, you know, prior to Golden Gun, they'd been churning them out every sort of two years, hadn't they? Yeah. Well, to be fair, Golden Gun's, what, 75? Uh, Golden Gun's 74. Oh, is Spy, yeah, Spy is 77. So, yeah, yeah longer than usual. Oh, maybe he fancied a brick. <laughs> Why not? Uh, but this is brilliant because what, what, what the first thing we see is uh, Moriarty's uh, internal uh, lair. Mm. I don't mean his bum. <laughs> And uh, uh, Moriarty, already. exactly. And Moriarty, played by John Huston. Yes, wonderful uh, who, director, and of course, an actor with such range. Such range from North Dublin to just south of North Dublin. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, not sure what's going on here. Rog never got to be directed by John Huston. This no. is his only time he worked with him. Oliver mm. Reed was the original choice, though apparently. What for Moriarty? Yeah, yeah, according he, to according to Roger's uh, autobiography, he would have been better. Um, I think he would have, and he would have done it in his own. He would have been scary as well. John mm. Huston's too cuddly a figure to be a scary Moriarty. Yeah. Also, he sounds like he's just walked out of Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> ah, Mister Holmes, once more you have defeated my plan. There's the brilliant line he has in this very first scene mm. where he says, Damn and blast ye for the meddler that ye are, sir, with your West End ways, tacking down your upper class nose and only happy when you're dressing up as someone else as though life was some schoolboy lark. <laughs> Which I, I think that, that nails the character of Sherlock Holmes quite perfectly, really. It does, and you've, you've done that better than John Houston did. <laughs> I like the way he's got like a to-do list on the wall as well. I, quite, I well, thought that was he, quite cute. Yeah, every every villain needs one. In uh, fact, that was the other um, the, the other thing about uh, working with John Huston that Rog really enjoyed, and which also again shows his how dedicated he was to this film. Really, was that his main memory of it was um, playing backgammon and smoking cigars between scenes with John Huston wow. because they were both men were great fans of both. Hmm. So, <laughs> so they had a lovely time. Hmm. That's what we have to remember as we watch this movie. Everyone in it had a lovely time. <laughs> no, they certainly that's did. The, that's the important thing. <laughs> I mean, the people watching it didn't. No, no. They everyone didn't. in it did. But basically, Sherlock turns up in disguise because this this Sherlock loves a disguise. Well, the real Sherlock does as well. Yeah, but your Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. Although there are there are links to the Benedict Cumberbatch homes that we'll come to later. Yes. For Holmes nerds like me. Yeah, mm. yeah you're <laughs> right. The real Sherlock did. And this one um, is no different because he comes in in disguise. Looking yeah, a bit like a man who's just pastry. Been, yeah, he looks like he's, he's disguised as a man who's just come out of the Burns unit. <laughs> <laughs> His top lip's sort of taped up, isn't he? Mm. He's supposed to be Colonel Moran. I yeah. suppose no one else in the world is going to look like that. So you would be taken in straight away, wouldn't you? Yeah. But he takes great pleasure in removing the disguise in front of Moriarty. It's a bit like the one of those horror films where a man will transform into a werewolf in front of a lady. But it's the other way around. He's transforming from someone into Holmes. 
Yes. And uh, Moriarty's so taken aback by it, as you say, he, t- he, says, he tells him to blast him, you know, blast your, <laughs> blast your homes. Not like that. No. <laughs> and then he decides he'll try and kill him with three devious buttons. Yes. He's got, he's got his... This is a... Roger sort of playing Holmes as a swashbuckling hero. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cape sweeping, mm. and um, I was reminded a lot of William Shatner in this opening scene. Yeah, I thought if the uh, I thought if they, they they could have had William Shatner playing this, mm. maybe it would have worked. But then, funnily enough, I, I then went and looked, and uh, because it reminded me of um, when Shatner played the baddie in a Columbo. Do you remember Fade Into Murder? Yes, where he plays a TV detective. Mm. Who, or he plays an actor who plays a TV detective. That was broadcast the week before this on wow. the same channel. Wow. So both men were were busy. Mm. <laughs> but so, you know, uh, Columbo's gain was our loss. It was. Roger's got also Jim Kirk sideburns in this, so he is basically yeah. Kirk. They're quite, they're quite uh, amazing. I've sort of cultivated a similar pair myself at the, mm. uh, during lockdown. Mm. It's, been, it's been my, uh, my sort of facial hair experimentation during sure. this time. Yeah, it's been a difficult time for you. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> oh, also, uh, before before Moriarty unveils his traps, Rog takes great pains to to show Moriarty he knows where he keeps his chalk mm. in, a, in a goblet. And then yeah. he goes up to his to-do list he's got on the board, which, you know, things like rob a bank, um, <laughs> shoot a horse, that sort of thing. And Rog just crosses it out and says, I've foiled your plans, Moriarty. Mm. And then puts the chalk back and then Moriarty's like, well, I have a bit of this then. And he pulls a lever, lever, and uh, the floor opens. Yep, there's a trapdoor. Then a knife flies out of the room. Yeah, misses Holmes completely. Yeah, and uh, what's the third one? Chandelier. Uh, a chandelier falls down. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then he pulls mm-hmm. out a gun. I'd have gone with the gun first, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Because that's the only one where Rog is like, oh, shit. He didn't even have a fancy gun. It's not like Stromberg's gun. No. You know, Stromberg would learn from this. Mm. You have it in a tube under the under the table. Yes. That's how it's done. But, uh, yeah, and there's a, there's a big opportunity. I can't believe uh, that Rog missed this joke when he's, mm. ta- he's talking about how Moriarty's gang have all been rounded up. Yes. They're all unnamed characters. One of them is called Knickers. Yeah. And there is, he doesn't even pause for a beat. He goes straight through the line, uh, which I guess shows how he couldn't really be arsed. Mm. He should have said, I've pulled your knickers down. <laughs> what he should have said. <laughs> I've had your knickers off. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. I've ejaculated. No. Um, so, basically, Moriarty points a gun at him and says, well, mm-hmm. I've got a plan that's going to be the crime of the century and the century before or after. Yeah. And, and then Rog just goes... Okay, then I'll, I'll be off. I'll let myself out. <laughs> Cheerio. I thought, what's the point of this scene? What have you arrived to do? To tell him that his operation's fucked. And then when he pulls a gun on you and tells you, oh, don't worry, I've got another plan. He's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be off then. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> he realised that it was time for the credits to run or something. Yeah, because like he says, oh, that's a shame about the chandelier. Cause it's the only thing in here that's got a sense of class. <laughs> All right, you don't have to be a bitch about it. There are some. The thing is, there are some funny lines in this movie that mm. come from Rog. Yeah, well, a, maybe I'm thinking they're funny because you just say them. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm finding the delivery funny now. But uh, um, so yeah, but then we go to we go to Baker Street after this with no street shot. Well, no. Because... First, we get Moriarty going to his to do list and rubbing it out. Oh, and yeah. And then writing number one. 
And he starts writing Sherlock Holmes, and then we get the credits in Baker Street. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we get the credits showing us uh, a static shot of some theatre curtains. Mm. Because that, that'll make Americans think that what they're about to witness is classy. Yeah. And uh, because everything in this is like, if you were to look up late 70s made for television in the dictionary, this mm. would be in it. It's really quite cheap. Mm. Where there's, you know, in the London scene, there's no shot of the street. There's a lot of um, captions on screen to introduce scenes, which seems very weird and lazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, it just doesn't feel like there's I mean, been any budget at all. There's yet. another element to that, which I'll get to when we get there, uh, okay. which, tic- oh, well, I, which tickled me. I think I know exactly the po- point you mean, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, so he's in, his, he's in his living room and he's bored. Mm. And we're introduced to Dr. Watson, played by Patrick McNee. And it sounds like hey. he's drunk a pint of wasps. <laughs> All the way through, he's like, oh, oh, Sherlock. He's quiet, uh, I've got the terrible ass in my homes. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite uh, annoying. He, he must be the. I mean, uh, McNee has. He's not a newcomer to being Watson. He would play him a few times. Um, mm. He would play him against Christopher Lee's Watson. That's right. Uh, Christopher Lee's Holmes, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it seems to just be on all the occasions he's been cast, it's just because people liked having him around. Christopher Lee loved McNee, um, and Rog and him went back to the start of time, I mm, think. Mm. Um, but yeah, his Watson does nothing, and maybe even more dim than Nigel Bruce's Watson. I was going to say, he is thick as shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, this guy got say, from medical school, I have no idea. Yeah. I, hate all the, I mean, there's a few moments in this where you just, you want to, if you were Sherlock, you'd stop and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he basically Holmes is saying I'm bored and you know it's, he said it's only a day since I've broke the back of Moriarty's operations I thought well you, you just walked off yeah you know this whole did, film did could have been stopped if you'd have just slit his throat could he have gone and told the police maybe maybe got a policeman to come along yeah ask a policeman ask a policeman as, as we say the um yeah also it's been a day come on your his supply of skag won't have run out in that time sure no yeah come on uh, but we've had no letters or callers. Mm, don't blame them. No. Uh, well, because whenever anyone calls, they, they get uh, McNee going, oh, who's that there? <laughs> and they think it's an obscene call. I think it's the elephant man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Merrick, you've come to accompany me to New York. That would be a much better film. It would be much better. Wait, are they called handsome cabs? Um... <laughs> So, yeah, he gets a letter in the post because uh, McNee says, I, I, I suspect you'll probably be getting an invitation to America because your friend Irene Adler mm. is going to be performing in America. Do you know? Yeah. In America. He's just read it in the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, do, he does do Holmes' own trick on him. By, yeah. You know, you, you, you take out the middle part and you just give the conclusion. It makes it appear that you've committed a magic trick. Committed a magic trick. And, you know, he's... Uh, again, un, I've seen it done better by other actors, basically. Yeah. 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 You know, Watson likes to play that trick on Holmes. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, just not a lot is happening here. No. Although there is a brilliant shot of Roger's eyebrow. Mm, he, does he does do the proper eyebrow. eyebrow yeah. He, yeah, it is brilliant. But he gets a letter in the post. You know, it's like, ironic, mm-hmm. he was just saying you've not had any letters. And he's just got one. Yeah, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to come in two weeks' time, but it's come today. Yeah. 
because reasons. Because reasons. Uh, because I- Irene Adler sends Holmes two tickets to uh, two specific seats mm-hmm. for her, the opening night of her every show. She has done for years and years, and he's yeah. never gone because he's an arsehole. Yeah. And he, well, he, d- he doesn't like theatre. Yeah, you know, it's not for everyone. No, plus if he goes there, everybody knows who he is, and they probably want his autograph. Yeah, uh, Roger's a big lad, and he's wearing a deer stalker. I wouldn't want to be sitting behind him. No, absolutely no. not. But uh, yeah, the uh, the um, the tickets turn up, and they've been torn in half. Torn in half. Ooh, so something's up. And Sherlock says, "We must go to America immediately." Uh, we, well, he said we can't spare a moment and then Watson goes yes and then he kind of sort of wanders around aimlessly for a minute I'm thinking you don't look like you're in much of a hurry <laughs> he's just inwardly thinking when's he going to see a cut <laughs> uh, but, they, but they do get to America immediately they, mm. they've already unlocked fast travel yes and the very next scene with another caption we're in New York City that's right and, and, and Watson gets accosted by a prostitute yeah <laughs> First thing that happens, and he acts like C three PO. He's just like really confused. He's like, "What earth's going on? What is this thing?" He wants Holmes to say, "That's a woman." Oh, a woman! Because we've started this trajectory already. That Watson's going to play a fish out of water in this, mm. and Holmes is going to be you stupid cunt. <laughs> he's he's also playing the role of Leave EU, or he refuses to oh, set yes. his, his watch to American time. Mm-hmm. So Greenwich is perfectly good enough. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work in mm. other countries, though, Doctor Watson. No, you fucking moron. Try and try and buy a pipe at four in the morning. See how it gets you. <laughs> it, he also he also uh, is outraged by the notion of an underground railway. Yes. Even though Baker Street tube station had opened in eighteen sixty three, <laughs> and this is now nineteen oh one. So yeah, the the guy is he's, uh, something awful happened to him in, when he was in Afghanistan. Yeah. And we've never been able to... He's just completely lost his mind. Holmes the man is, is mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they arrive in America and he says, we have to get a handsome cab. And then Roger goes, <laughs> they don't call them handsome cabs here. They call them cabs. I'm like, it's not that stupid, is it? I mean, it's no. still, still the word cab is used. <laughs> You're acting like he's gone, we must catch a flum, fla, 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 fla. He's also being a bit partridgey again to continue mm. that because handsome is a specific type of cab. It's a yeah. specific model. So yeah, they don't have it in London. But so it's like he said, you know, tannoy instead of speaker system. Mm. <laughs> basically, just shaming him in front of all his new American friends. Yeah, he's being he's he's trying to show off. But then Watson comes out with a line I agree with, mm. uh, where he where he where he says, "To think we fought a war to keep these barbarians in the Commonwealth." Mm. And yeah, I think, you know, um, especially topically, yeah, you, you do wonder if it was worth the bother, don't you? Yeah, you do. The, mm. the blood we spilled. The blood Indeed. we spilled. And the, the lovely tricorn hats that were lost. Oh, we won't, we'll never forget them. Mm. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, no. So they go <laughs> to the theatre. Oh, on the way to the theatre, there's, there's a, a, a subway being built, as you mentioned. And I like this mm-hmm. because the, the driver of the hands on the cab says, we can't go any further. We can only go left or right. Mm-hmm. And that'll take an extra half an hour. So Holmes says, well, where are we? And he tells him, and he says, oh, we'll walk. The walk will be good for us. And they get out of the cab. And then the handsome cab goes forwards. <laughs> Almost like that shot from the road being dug up wasn't in the same shot. 
Yeah. Um, mm. This this was all in the um, the back lot at uh, I think 20th Century Fox. Right. So it, the, these streets, if you were eagle-eyed, I'm sure you would have noticed they've turned they'll have turned up in hundreds of other films. Yeah. All set in the same time period. So they go to the theatre, and Holmes says to sorry Holmes says to Watson, "You buy some tickets, mm-hmm. or find out about the tickets. I'll go and find out about Miss Adler." So he goes in and then meets that strange man with the big weird nose. Yeah, who's obviously a, an agent mm. uh, who, who works for Moriarty, uh, whose New York office looks very similar to his London one. Isn't doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? it's, it's almost remarkable. like it's the same set. Because mm. <laughs> don't they say like this is well, we might as well say it now. I was going to say it later, but don't they say later on? I see you've um, replicated your London base here in New York. <laughs> right, it's the same set, Rog. Yeah, it makes you wonder why Moriarty was upset in the first scene when uh, Sherlock Holmes smashes one of his vases. Mm. He seems to have one in every one of his other bases. So you know, why, why, what are you being so bothered about? He's basically a Weatherspoon's baddie. He's <laughs> got the same room in every country. Yeah, he's picked them all, and they all have no atmosphere. Yeah, and yeah. and to get down the toilets, you have to like go off down a a, a dark tunnel, which um, Moriarty escapes down at the end. Yes, that's where he's going. He's actually going for a piss. Yeah. <laughs> actually, if you think about it, um, Ian, the the, the Weatherspoons man, what's he called? Ian Martin. Um, I don't know the one who looks like Thundercats. Uh, yeah, sort of fallen on hard times. Yeah, he looks like Lionel's granddad. Yeah, yeah. He, he'd make a good Moriarty, actually. <laughs> and I, I think I'd see him more as being the underling. He'd be one of the. Oh no, he'd yeah. be like the the baddie of the speckled band. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah. with because uh, with the Jeremy Brett one, mm. where uh, he, had the, the, he had a load of red hair. The guy who played Grimsby Roylot, I think that's the name of the baddie in that one. Mm. Uh, yeah, he'd, he 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 could play him. Yeah, like you'd probably be you know like proper sleazy to the young daughters and be putting snakes in their bedroom. I can see Ian Martin doing that. Definitely. If it's probably not Ian Martin, sorry. No, no, no. Well, if, if anyone called Ian Martin is listening, yeah, it's not you. We, we, we didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, so at the theatre, we find out that Irene Adler, every, they, they, he gives them an act like, yeah, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Uh, and then Rog does some deducing in the theatre, talking about how they were given the same seats. Yeah, the seats that normally are reserved for Holmes and Watson, the tickets were again available. Mm. So this lures him to deduce what the audience deduced immediately, that this mm. was a, a lure from Moriarty. Mm. Uh, and then uh, we get some more racism from Watson <clears throat> when yeah. they, they go back to the performance. And he goes, there's not a Red Indian in the entire place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, this is going to be a long one, isn't it? Yeah, they also get quite confused about the ticket situation. When they're talking about the tickets, that's when Holmes says, he said it was the crime of the century. And I was thinking, maybe Moriarty's behind Ticketmaster. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are quite a criminal enterprise. They are a bit. Or maybe he just wrote this play and it's terrible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be good. I mean, the... the um... The audience don't look particularly enthused as they're turning up to watch it. No. And then just as the play's about to start, someone comes out and says, I'm afraid Miss Adler is not here. Mm, uh, well, I'm sort of standing, and then Holmes says, there's not a moment to lose. Yeah, he storms out. Everyone else remains, though. They're patient. Also, as Watson's about to argue, Holmes says, no time for butts, Watson. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> he really wanted to look at some butts. <laughs> Da-da-da-da. 
My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. <laughs> the good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle oh. gun scope. I've bought that quite a lot of times, I think. Right, okay. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of great apps up now, and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The, the amazing bit about this is, then is that Holmes goes on to deduce at incredible length that because Irene Adler has not turned up to appear in the first night of the show in which she is starring, that she's not happy. Mm. Mm. Well, this is it, because they, they go to her house, and we meet Irene Adler, who's played by Charlotte Rampling. Yeah. Just another actor who's slumming it in America, and good on her. Okay. Uh, she comes down the stairs in her house, because the, the first the, the, the butler won't let them in. And he mm. says, not even for Sherlock Holmes. And she comes down, and then he just he basically does, like, Sherlock Holmes's version of Through the Keyhole. He wanders around <laughs> her living room going, oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? And he deduces the entire what's going on. It's the, the, the terrible thing. Whenever I'm watching Sherlock Holmes, my, def- my default is to imagine it being played by Jeremy Brett. Yeah. And I could imagine him doing that scene brilliantly. Mm. And being able, because it's very long and there's a lot of deduction and a lot of moving around and he'd have been leaping over the sofas and he'd have been picking up dust from things. And whereas this is Rog being, it's it's Roger Moore in New York. Mm. It's it's not Sherlock Holmes in New York. 
Uh, he then picks up a photograph and says, Who's this child? It's your son, Rog. It's Geoffrey, your son. It's actually Irene Adler's son, Scott. Mm. But yes, it's, he's played by Roger's son. Oh, I didn't realise that. Mm. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, way of keeping him, uh, keeping him around. His while, second uh, appearance on the show, because he's also in Fire, Ice, and Dynamite. Really? Ah, yeah. I haven't seen that one. But um, this is one of the. You know, I'm not one of those people who goes, who gets all crazy about how Sherlock Holmes is portrayed. Hmm. You know, I think. Um, you know, I mean, Conan Doyle himself famously couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, there was the there's the quote attributed to him where some uh, I think it was a playwright. So I'd like him to get married at the end of my play. Would that be okay? And Conan Doyle just said, you can marry him, you can murder him, do whatever you like. He, he had a very low opinion of the the character that made him the most money and made him most famous. Well, because he killed but, him off, didn't he? And then, and then obviously, cause yeah, he, he, he didn't give to, a fuck and then had to bring him back. Yeah, the, the, the public reaction was, you, city gents would walk around London with black armbands on. Oh, God. Uh, it was really quite heavy stuff um, it was the, the biggest thing and then I was because then when the return of Sherlock Holmes came out um, mm. The Empty House it was published in America before here that would be an outrage nowadays wouldn't it yeah oh yeah there'd have been a Twitter storm about that it's, <clears> it's like right. when they show the trailers for Doctor Who before they show them here yeah mm. but um, but what what I was going to say was I mean, mm. yeah, even though I'm not particularly bothered about how Holmes is portrayed mm. the portrayal of Irene Adler in this mm. is very very bad yeah in she appears in only one short story, uh, A Scandal in Bohemia, where yes. she is a strong, independent woman with her own agency who does what she likes. Mm-hmm. She sees who she likes, and she 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 beats Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, which you know, for even you know, for Victorian literature, must be an extremely rare thing. Yeah, but in this, she faints all the time. Mm. That's what she spends most of her time doing, in fact. Mm. And she's just generally damselish. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be. Uh, I think she's the most of all the characters. I'd say she's the one who's uh, most poorly served by yeah, this adaptation. Definitely. Well, mm. apart from Watson, <laughs> because we get Watson here when she finally says, "Look, my son's been kidnapped," and she starts crying in Holmes's arms. Watson mm. says, "She's at the end of her tether." And at which point I turn around if I shall and go, "I've got fucking eyes." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just such an unnecessary moment. Imagine the outtakes of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like remember you know the the view to a kill outtakes with Rog oh, swearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, probably, fuck him. yeah, there's probably hours of Rog swearing mm. <laughs> outtakes of this in a vault somewhere at NBC. Alright? I, I, I just can't believe it. Well, life is short. I mean fuck him. You know, who needs it? Come on, get it away. I just keep thinking of that wonderful Alexi Sale sketch where Watson wants the pay rise. Remember that one? Oh, no, I don't remember that it's one. It's Capaldi as Sherlock Holmes. I was going to say, was Peter Capaldi in that one? Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'll look at that. Yeah, look it up. It's amazing. It's just that everything he says, Watson's like, amazing! <laughs> and it turns out he's after a pay rise. Ah, kettle's bought. <laughs> what was that, Holmes? I didn't say anything. I uh, thank you, Mrs. Riley Purley. Holmes. <laughs> yes. You knew the kettle was boiling, didn't you? No, I didn't know. My God, your modesty is exceeded only by your genius. 
you heard the whistling sound, which you deduced was caused by steam, which results when water is boiled in an enclosed space. I'm sorry, I can't take any more of this. I'm going out for a walk. My God, my God, the door! How did you know the door was there? Are you some kind of a god? <laughs> Just calm down, Watson. You're only looking for a rise, aren't you? You really are a genius, Holmes. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, but then he gets uh, Holmes receives a note. Yeah, telling him don't cooperate with the fuzz. Yeah, we'll kill the boy. Yeah, don't go, don't go grassing to the popo. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they. I don't. How did they talk in New York? Um, the pole. Uh, the pole. <laughs> the police. The coffee and the coffee <laughs> police. He's also got no patience here because when the butler brings him a message, he says it's a telegram, and he goes, "Well, why didn't you give it to Adler?" And he says, "It's not for her. It's for you." And he says, it's a telegram for you. And he goes, telegram? What does it say? But like, he hasn't even fucking opened it. Be patient. <laughs> Christ. So, yeah, so, Mo- so Moriarty has kidnapped Irene's son, Scott. Yeah. Oh, and uh, also Holmes goes a bit Dominic Littlewood because when the, uh, when the carriage that delivers the telegram rides off, Holmes runs out of the house, stands on the pavement, looks at it go leave and says, wait. <laughs> Chase it or something? I don't know. I thought you were about to say he asked if the driver was married. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, so Holmes has been put in a precarious situation Mm. here. And then... um, Well, he he reveals to Watson that his middle name is Scott. Yeah, and this is the the point I was wanting to bring up. This is what you can now ask uh, friend of the show, Mark Gatiss. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because he says to to Watson, my full name is William Sherlock Scott Holmes, hmm. which is it isn't. Right. That never appears anywhere uh, in the Holmes canon. Uh, but then in the new Holmes with, well, new, new it's finished now, but hmm. the, the modern Holmes with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, hmm. he gives his full name as that as well. Oh. So I wonder if uh, either Gates and Moffat they lifted it from this film, or there's also a book, a uh, sort of fictional biography of Holmes, which uses the full name as well. Hmm. And you know how, well, Gatiss is such a fan of dropping in references to things that he's he's read and things, so I think, I wonder, uh, to what extent was that a little eyebrow for some of the more uh, observant fans? Well, everybody knows that when it comes to Sherlock Holmes, this is the definitive adaptation. Oh, completely. Mm. <laughs> completely. Jeremy Holmes. Brett apparently watched this 67 times before he did his series. He didn't even bother reading any Conan Doyle. No, he just read you? this. Yeah, fuck it. Oh. <laughs> there is a brilliant quote from Rog. I was going to leave it to the end mm. <clears throat> about his um, about about this film. Mm. He says very little about it in My Word is My Bond. Mm. But he says, uh, I won't say this is regarded as one of the most popular or warmly remembered Holmes films, but we certainly had fun making it. <laughs> Can't say fairer than that. Yeah, there we go. And that's end of part one of this episode of Smirchpod. We'll be back later in the week with part two. So please stick around. But in the meantime, why not like, subscribe, review, enjoy, share, tell everybody you like. And, you know, why not even buy Thunderbook? Hey, why not? See you next time. Come on and hop, hop. Come and do the kangaroo hop. For me and you, if you're over 80, you can waltz a little while. But hopping about the parlor is the very latest style. Come on and hop, hop, hear the music going pop. You'll never, never want to stop. 
There's no other kind of dance at all So come along my honey, make the others look small Come and do the kangaroo If you know what's good for you Come and do the kangaroo Hop Come and do the kangaroo Hop, 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 hop That's the dance to me and you If you're over 80 you can waltz a little while But hopping about the powder is the very ladies Now come on and hop, 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 hop Hear the music go and pop You'll never, never want to stop There's no other kind of dance at all So come along my honey, make the others look small Come and do the kangaroo, come and do the I'm Keza McDonald. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. GreatBigOwl.com